Live from Radio Row in Arizona, it's Cofield and Company. Brought to you by Subaru of Las Vegas on the 215 and Rainbow. It's a historic moment um, and to be a part of it with two historic football teams. It, so many people laid the foundation before us and uh, to be playing with a guy like Jalen, who I know is doing it the right way, um, it's going to be a special moment that I hope lives on forever. It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. Back here ESPN Las Vegas. Everyone's talking football. I'm looking around. I'm like, I want to talk college basketball. So Doug Gottlieb is here. He just got done uh, doing his Fox Sports radio show, which you can hear over on Fox Sports Las Vegas. So this is pretty cool. Can I, I share I, a story? Real, I, real quick. Yeah. I, so I, I pointed out, I, I've been coming here for like 25 years. This stuff was never here. Like we were barely allowed as Vegas in the room because the NFL was so anti-sports gambling. These books all here with these big setups. This is To me, this is nuts how much things have changed. Well, I mean, it, it's two things coinciding, right? The proliferation of legalized sports gambling pretty much nationwide. Um, and and the legitimacy of Vegas as a major league city, right? And I and I I understand hockey was great, especially the first year, and it's well supported. But the NFL changes everything, and now you have the NCAA tournament coming to town. The Final Four is coming to Vegas. Like these were things when I worked at CBS. After a, you know, during a game, I was asked about you know an upset, and I said, "Well, you know, our friends in the desert." Right. You know, and not, they, not they, really they literally got in my ear and was like, really? do not talk about Las Vegas, you know, and, and gambling during the NCAA tournament. They'll still not really talk about it now, but it, it it's legitimized. It's legitimized the city. And so this was the final frontier, the NCAA. I mean, talk about it, an enemy yes, of Vegas. Yes. And now we're going to have a regional and get the final four down the road. It's it's amazing. I do have to share a, a classic story, which I'm I'm guessing people in Vegas are like, oh, yeah, that's happened to me. So. I was staying in my hotel. I went and had coffee. My brother's a coach at GCU. And I had to get over here for an interview. And so I got an Uber. So I get an Uber, and I'm actually doing an interview on Zoom for my all-ball podcast. Okay? And um, the Uber driver's smoking black and milds, which I don't mind the smell. <laughs> I don't mind the smell. Um, but he had the music going. I was like, hey, my man, can, I, can you just turn down the music? He's like, well, what about the smoke? I was like, well... At least do the sunroof so it gets out. Like, I'm not going to make... If, like, whatever. Uh, you know, it was... I, cigarettes I can't do, but Black Miles I can do. So, he's like, oh, you all right with Black Miles? Like, yeah, I'm cool, whatever. Don't worry about it. Just, I just need a little... It's a little bit 20-minute drive. We pull up here, and he pulls in. Instead of pulling up right in front, he pulls, like, into an alley. And he's like, you got any, you got any cash on you? And I was like... What? <laughs> Uh, no, nah, I was, you know, it's Uber. I'm gonna, I can tip you on the thing, you know, like we're, we're good. It's like, no, 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 man. Opens up his glove box and oh, no. a gigantic bag of weed, a, a banana cush or something. And okay. uh, he had me test smell it or whatever. And Stop. I was, no, and I was just like, <laughs> yeah, hey, I'm good. Um, yeah. I'm going to work, right. you know, and. <laughs> Phoenix, yeah. yeah. All right, like, let's man, do it. Phoenix likes to party a little bit. Like, let's do it. Anyway, I, I just thought you'd appreciate I love that. appreciate that story. I love that so much. Yes. Yeah, we have the Super Bowl next year, so I don't know if there's going to be... There shouldn't be drug dealing. We've, we've got plenty of places to get weed legally. Totally. Yeah, we're, you we get it legally here, but, I, you <laughs> yeah, know, good. obviously you don't pay the taxes or whatever. Doug Godley with us. All right, so let's start off talking about you and Ova. You were raving. You gave some really nice compliments on social media when they got out to, you know, 10-0 start, 11-1. Yeah. 
What do you think's happened? I mean, you have one injury, and all of a sudden your defense kind of falls apart, and then you lose your mojo, and people figure you out. And the league's really good. It's good. And and it's it's good in a unique way in that um, I think they've made. I mean, like take Nevada for example, and you lose your two best players, but you know what they filtered behind is good, solid college basketball players who their agenda is winning. Yep. And they've done a nice job. I think Utah State's done a nice job. San Jose State is actually decent this year. So I, what, what's happened with the league is the top isn't nearly as good or as dominant as but San Diego State is not just another team, but they're right. kind of just another good team. right? But And Boise's still good. But the bottom of the league is way better. Like what, Colorado State's at the bottom? Um, you know, Wyoming at the bottom. Wyoming, Wyoming. lost Graham Ike, and it, it you know it kind of ended their season. They're right. still dangerous, though. Yeah, yeah, because they play, but shoot a lot of threes. Yeah, um, but they also they're they're the opposite. They made some decisions in the portal. They they some of the guys they took in the portal weren't playing at high major schools. They you know you go take guys from SC and UCLA. You're like, why aren't those guys playing? Like, because they're not that good. Yeah, and there's not there's not the the drop from Pac-12 to Mountain West that there used to be. It's really not much of a drop-off at all across the board in the league. Right. A little bit at the bottom. So, uh, you know, I think it's an interesting thing. Uh, anyway, what's happened? And then, you know, you start losing. And, I mean, you guys know this. When you don't draw really well, you don't have a home court advantage. And they don't. And when you don't have a home court advantage, and you're, you're like the Chargers, you know, and I'm a Charger fan, right? So I can just tell you, like, that's a hard way, especially in college basketball where home teams win. You know, like 90% of the games, feels like. They just got swept by Fresno State, and Fresno's not good. They just got swept by him. Right. But now Fresno's had the same problem at their place, right? Back they, when they No played, one goes. Back when they played in the old place, they used yep. to pack it. It was Now the place is giant. Nobody goes. So it, it's it's a it's a 50-50 ball game. That It doesn't help you. doesn't hurt you. Matter of fact, sometimes it hurts you because guys are in their feelings about it. So I think it's a culmination of factors. They, they might not have a little bit ahead of the curve early. Uh, and so some people figured it out and they improved. You have an injury, you lose momentum, and then the last thing would be you don't have really a home court advantage. It's not good. What do you think about Kevin Kruger? I, you know, I, I, I would be lying if I didn't tell you I'm in the bag for the Kruger family, as everybody is. They're mm-hmm. just really good people. And is obviously, you know, his dad was the only one to win an NCAA tournament game since Tark left, and they had it rolling. So I was all in on the idea. And it's still very early. It's early. And it's like, how many coaches can you have before you start to go like, maybe it's not the coaches. And almost all the coaches they've had have won elsewhere. You know, even, you know, Beard, who they had for 10 minutes. I mean, they hired Beard and Otz. Yeah. And look at what they did. You know, Otzenberger was there for a couple of years. And and, and really, you know, before they hired uh, Beard, they they were going to hire Mick. And he's been great. Yeah. At, remember, Mick took the job, and then he flew back to Cincinnati. He's like, nah, can't do it. I actually think Menzies had a shot because he had a good team coming back his fourth year, and he could recruit a little bit. Not a great X's and O's guy, but it's just the change every three years and stripping down the program. It just buried any momentum. Yes, it's really hard to do. And, um, and you know, at the time, the league was also very, very good, and they weren't. I'll also give you a real honest appraisal of Menzies and Doug Godley's here. We're talking college basketball. I think the AD at the time was a little bit afraid of what they did to potentially get, they got him, uh, to get Brandon McCoy and Shakur Houston, so she wanted to run from that, which brings me to a hot topic from the weekend. 
And that is... And by the way, I just, in full disclosure, yeah. Marvin Menzies is my brother's best friend. I love Marvin. I think he's like, awesome. Like, li like, literally, my brother and him were roommates together. He helped me get my brother uh, to San Diego State, and they were there. Eight, he was there. My brother was there eight years because of Marvin. And when Marvin got the UM, and he was, you know, he was here at GCU. Yeah. He helped bring my brother to GCU. And now, in, he, he, the only reason he didn't follow him to UMKC is because they just don't pay enough money. Like, GCU pays yeah. more money. I was really disappointed he got the boot. Uh, what I was transitioning to is, listen, there, there's a game to be played in college basketball, and I think the game has just changed. You tell me if it's just changed a little bit. NIL is above board. What they used to do wasn't. And for Jim Beheim to come out and start snitching on other people, I was, because I grew up around the Big East in New Jersey, and I was blown away by what, what he was saying. Like, what are you doing? Well, I I actually understand his sentiment. Mm -hmm. I know what he's talking about. Let, let's start with you. Let's start with Vegas, right? right? The crazy thing about Vegas is, like, Vegas went legit when you didn't have to go legit anymore. <laughs> they were forced to. And then, because yes they, no, no. they ran from that part of the game, the administration at the school for 15 years is like, we I, don't want anything to do I, with all I, of that. I understand, but so the, the, schools, hour and then Kruger. the schools that have, have transitioned, but like, you know, like, and Dave Rice, I mean, he, you know, when, when Finley Prep was up and running. They played the game. They, they absolutely played the game. And you had to at, at UNLV. Now, all that stuff is legit. All that stuff is legit. If they, if they had, if you had somebody who could get the right people connected and the right people rolling, you get everything. Now, it's, it, as, as I think Dave found out, it's really hard to manage in Vegas. Really, really hard to manage in Vegas. Yep. And he is a kind-hearted, nice human being. And I just wish he would drop a little bit more of the hammer. And, you know, he, but in terms of talent, they, they had it. They just couldn't get it all together. Anyway, I just think this is one of the, it's one of the few schools who hadn't always done it the right way. And, um, you know, most of the schools that are ahead of the curve on NIL, those are the schools that were cheating. And they already have the infrastructure. They right. already know how it works. Right. So. All right. With Bayheim though. Uh, what I think has happened here is because he mentioned boosters and that they were like they were giving him the information. I think his boosters have basically told him like we, we can't give you money anymore. You don't win. Like there's a point where the boosters are like yeah the money train the flow is done. So now he's kind of frustrated. I mean there, there's a whole lot going on with him. And, well there's a whole lot. I mean he's also defiant about I'll choose when I retire, which is and, so crazy. And yeah, I, I I actually texted back and forth with Jim on Saturday. You did. Yeah, I just, you know, he and I have had some back and forth yes, in the media. Have, yeah. But my mom went to school with him. Okay. And they kind of ran the same circles. And, you know, I, I've he's always actually been a pretty good dude to me. Uh, and I just said, you know, Coach, I respect you, but, you know, you don't want to go out by like Bob Knight. You know, you don't So what did he say? He said, I hear record, but. He said, no, he, he was like, I hear you. I was like, I just kill people with kindness. You know, like, what is the what is the point? Yeah. You know, like... He's beating up kids. Not, not literally beating them well, up, but again, well, the look, kids. I, look, I, it's, it is a... Cra it's, it, it's what you're... What, what you hear and what's reality is not always the same, but there's some crazy stuff. I mean, don't be surprised if Texas Tech doesn't, you know, fire their coach, mm -hmm. and he's in his second year, and it's because they made some bad choices in the portal, who they let go and who they brought in, but, you know, the, the collective is making that decision, not the athletic department... Not the president. The collective is because all the collective has to do is say we're shutting out the money, yep. and then the players all leave. So uh, it's a really ugly world right now because everybody wanted the NCAA to get out of it. So the NCAA are like, okay, we're out of it. Now what? 
and now it's an even bigger mess. Is, so, uh, is Beard going to land at Texas Tech next year? I don't that think would be pretty so. Crazy. It would be the most West Texas thing ever. Yes. Um, uh, Chris is a dear friend of mine. I don't know what happened, I, I, you know, but all charges were dropped. Um, I don't think so. I thought they felt so scorned by him leaving for Texas, even though he always told them, like, that's really the only job I actually right. want. Um, but, I mean, a lot of it was Texas was leaving for the SEC, and Texas is going to, leave, going to be in the SEC in 24, regardless of what you hear. It, it will happen. So I don't think so. I think Chris will have to rebuild it at a smaller level, but it would be a great hire. He's a great coach, and I think a good dude. I, again, I, I don't approve of anybody putting their hands on a woman, um, even in self-defense, but the charges were dropped. I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know enough about it, and to tell you honestly, you know, he would have to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that nothing of the kind happened. And right now it's just like, oh, well, she changed her story. But uh, that would be an incredible thing. Doug Ollivy on Cofield and Company. Let's wrap on this one. You can hear I mean, Doug that, on our sister station. That guy is really, really good. Oh, he's great. He's great. It, it, and it's not about just the coaching. Like, I was there for a week in August. And what he does with those kids, for those kids, in terms of teaching them about being adults and managing money is... And, and motivating them to come to work every day and, and really put in a chip, it's a big thing. You can hear Doug on our sister station uh, in the afternoons. Last one. So what do you think is happening with Kansas now? Ha have they been caught? Is this, you know, is, are they going down? Are they a victim of NIL? I mean, this year has been a little more ordinary compared to others when I they just crushed the conference. I think it's just them, you know, it's the, the NIL, the, the lack of ability to recruit. So, so here's what's happening in college basketball. And really UNLV was an early part of this, but you know, when they got Anthony Bennett and some of those guys, where it used to be, you take the top 20 guys, and, you know, three or four will go to Kentucky, two or three or four will go to Duke, right? And then, you know, the other big boys, Kansas would get one or two. Right. Well, now, and, and again, on a given year, of the top 25 freshmen, three to 10 are impactful, right? Well, okay, so the sport is older because now you still have COVID kids. You have fifth year, six kids, six year kids, yeah. right? Like uh, what's the point guard is at Purdue who is at UNLV. And then he, he went to David Utah. Jenkins, David Jenkins, He's still playing 25 years Dr. old. Dr. David Jenkins, yes, right? Yes. He's 25 years yeah, old. Yeah. So, um, so the sport has gotten older. So freshmen help less in addition to which of the top freshmen, you got the Thompson twins playing for overtime. You got scoop, uh, uh scoot Henderson, yeah, excuse me. Us. Playing Vegas. for Ignite, yep. right? And then, and then you know, because of NIL in the SEC, you got Anthony Black playing for Arkansas. You got the kid at uh, uh, at Alabama who's going to be the probably the number two or three pick, right? They're not going to the traditional powers, right? And it's not a super strong year, so now Duke and Kentucky, you know, they still have some guys, yeah. but they're not as impactful. And then everybody else the same. So it, it dramatically affects your ability to get. And then what happens is those kids get there and somebody says, hey, you're not going to be a lottery pick. So then they transfer because it's got to be the school's problem. Right, right. So that's what's happened with Kansas, <laughs> right? Where Kansas, you're fighting all these battles. You know, they have two stud freshmen. One, MJ Rice can't really play, can't really help him. The other one, Grady Dick, can, but he can't really guard anybody. They don't have size inside. But a lot of it is catching up from from you know, the cloud that was over them. Kansas is going to be fine. He's a great coach. 
I don't know what they do in the tournament, but hell, they won the national championship last year. They'll be in the you tournament. You like my delivery? I'm like, yeah, they're falling apart. They're right. going down. It's crazy. They just won the title. It's well, crazy. so coming full circle, Beheim was onto something. Maybe the delivery was a little flawed. Totally flawed. Yeah. And he said some other things which are just, you know, that 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 caused him his own credibility. That he he's earned that credibility, but it cost him because of some of the things he said. Doug, thank you. Pleasure, my. Who do you think wins this weekend? I already bet the Chiefs. I bet on the next day after the championship, so I took him plus two. I, I just, like, again, I, I think if the Eagles play the Chiefs' schedule, they're not here. Right. But they didn't. A lot of, Eagle, lot of Eagles better, though. But, but, a lot of people but, are on the Eagles. But the Eagles have, if, if the game is won in the trenches, they're going to win this game. Look out. Yeah. And I, I think the Chiefs, they miss Tyreek Hill. Like, this is a game because look back at so many of those games. He scores a touchdown on his own. Yeah. Like every game. Scores a touchdown. It's the craziest thing. He's so much faster than everybody else. There he is, Doug Gottlieb from Fox Sports National. You can hear him on Fox Sports Las Vegas from noon to 2 every day. One of my favorite shows out there, and appreciate Doug giving us the time. Coming up in less than 15 minutes, Dana White, president of the UFC and owner of Power Slap, will join Cofield and Company. Cofield and Company is live on Radio Row in Arizona. Brought to you by Spearmint Rhino. It's super easy when you don't get hit as a quarterback. And when you can't reroute receivers, and when you can't hit guys across the middle, I love Tom Brady, I love Aaron Rodgers, I love these guys. It's not impressive. What's impressive is what they did. Hanging at Radio Row in Arizona, it's Cofield and Company. There you go, Trent Dilfer. 43, going on 71. We'll get into that tomorrow. I think there was a little playing to the audience there, Willie Ramirez. It's Cofield, Radio Row, brought to you by Subaru of Las Vegas. Also, Spearman Rhino, Cofield and Company in Phoenix for Super Bowl 57. So, Willie, to build on the news we got last hour about Derek Carr and the Saints getting permission to chat, did you see the follow-up by your good buddy Vinny B over on R&R 920? I did not. You want to look this up, my friend. Okay. You want to look this up. Uh, he says, just for clarity's sake, the Raiders and Saints have agreed on comp- on the compensation element of a trade for mm. Derek Carr. Let me read it again. The Raiders and Saints have agreed on compensation element of a trade for Derek Carr. That was always the requirement for any team to get permission to speak with Derek Carr. So that would seem to be one of the big hurdles out of the way per Vinny. Well, <clears throat> I don't know. <clears throat> I mean, Vinny's not going to put that out there if he if he's not being told that. There's only one place that can be coming from with immediacy off the news that the Saints will be visit or that Carl will be visiting the Saints. So it sounds good, and it sounds like it's a step in the right direction. And it sounds like both parties, you know, <clears throat> I keep hearing all this. You know, nobody wants to do each other a favor. And who's going to be Stan Pat? But I think that both parties want to get this done. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. You know, I'm. I'm guessing the cars enjoyed kind of being the, you know, the the, the high school recruit because that's what it's felt like. You know, that he's getting a little bit of love, and then he got a bunch of shine at the Pro Bowl. But I'm sure he'd like to find a destination and start moving forward. And certainly, the Raiders would like an agreement in place so they know what the hell they're doing well before February 15th, which ain't that far away. Well, and I, be, I mean, the the prize catch 
in the offseason quarterback lottery is obviously Aaron Rodgers. So because, but because of all the cards that Carr holds and the power he somewhat has, he's going to take advantage of this because it somewhat makes him look like the big, you know, the the big catch, and and he's grabbing the spotlight. And what does that do? It it puts a lot of pressure on the Raiders as well. So I think. Yeah, you know, I, I think it's a. I think it probably works best for him in terms of um, that Aaron Rodgers is is out there as well, and that's he's the prize. But you know, with with like I said, with Carr holding a lot of power in this situation, um, cards are in his favor. But again, they want to get this done. You know, you don't want it lingering. You don't want you don't want any hiccups, and uh, you want to make sure that you land in the right spot too. Awesome. Five o'clock hour giveaway. Two tickets to go see a VGK game. It's against the great Tampa Bay Lightning. A couple of Saturdays from now, we've got giveaway tickets right now. Grab your VGK tickets at axs.com, axs.com. Call our 7364-1100-364-1100. Ari's got a pair of Golden Knights and Tampa Bay tickets. That's Saturday the 18th in a 7 o'clock start. We need a prediction from you, Willie. Will Derek Carr, the Saints, and the Raiders forge a deal, be able to announce it before Aaron Rodgers leaves darkness. He's going away for four, he's going into the dark for four days. I'll take it a step further. Do Derek does Derek Carr, like I just said about enjoying this spotlight, how about this? Does Derek Carr just steal the spotlight from the Super Bowl and in the next few that goes visits Ooh. and then out of nowhere says, how about this for a Friday? Ooh. Boom. Super Bowl what? Derek Carr. <laughs> Super Bowl what? <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Coming up, Dana White is going to sit down with us. He's the owner of uh, Power Slap and, of course, longtime president of the USC. It's myself. And Cowboy Cotton moves into the uh, company chair as we talk to the one and only Dana White. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve Cofield and at Willie G. Ramirez or tweet the show at Cofield and Co. Cofield and Company, live from Radio Row in Arizona. We are seeing all the Vegas people here on Radio Row. This is the biggest Vegas person who's here. Uh, Dana White is with us. Damon is here as well. It's ESPN Las Vegas. So I got to start out with, I'm fighting with the guys on the show, including your guy, Adam Hill, about Power Slap. Mm-hmm. I friggin' love it. And I probably do 10 minutes on it every week. And he looks at me, he's so mad. Who? So Hill? mad. Yeah. Yeah. Let me tell you what, you know, one of the things that I've learned over the years is when the media hates what you're doing, you got a winner. You got an absolute winner, man. So, uh, you know, obviously, uh, my New Year's Eve incident was, uh, you know, ironic, the timing of it and everything else. So, you know, it's been a uphill battle, you know, because, you know, I'm fighting over here, I'm fighting over here. But the success of, of this thing was what I expected it to be. Um, we started it. We started a TikTok for this thing like three weeks ago. It's I, I don't know what it's at today, but it's it was at 1.7 million last time I looked. 688 million views in less than three weeks. Um, it, our Instagram account is is up around 400,000 followers. Um, we've done 110 million views oh my God. Uh, on that. And what we've done on Rumble, Rumble has the rights to international, and we're starting to notice. You know, I knew the t- two no-brainers were going to be Poland and Russia. But, we're, you know, we're looking at India, 
Canada, UK, and some of these other markets where it has blown. So in the next three weeks, so the, the, the moral of the story is you're right and Adam Hill is wrong. For once, um, I'm right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're right. For once, I'm right. And huh? even on the network, um, you know, the network, we have, uh, we're the only thing in that slot. They've tried um, American Dad, Family Guy, Bob's Burgers, uh, Young Sheldon, all these different things. After AEW Wrestling, it just mm-hmm. drops off into the abyss. We've held 50% of their audience, and every night, every Wednesday night, we're number two with men uh, on all of television right behind the NBA. So, And when you think about this product, it's really, you know, cable television is... It, you know, yeah, it, it's all TV ratings aren't what they use. It's hundred percent. It's not. It's not what. You, and I don't want to sound like I'm. I'm. You know, cranking on TBS. TBS has been awesome to us. So, um, but yeah, this 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 thing's a. It's a smash hit. So I'm like the oldest person in the world who also loves TikTok. Right. <laughs> so I'm right around your. I think I'm six months younger than you, but I freaking love it. So I, I get it. And for me, this is all offense. It's all like, hey, defense is cool. People love offense. It's just offense all the time. Here, here's the other thing. You know, you, you have these these geniuses who who think they know what they're talking about when it comes to combat sports. Um, think about this. So when. You know, a typical boxing match happens, right? These guys get hit with four to 600 punches in a fight, okay? Then uh, that doesn't include all the punches they took sparring, getting ready for that fight. These guys take three or less slaps per event. And even when you look at the UFC, you, you, you look at the Glover Teixeira fight. How many, how many shins to the head did he take that night, you know, a couple weeks ago in that fight? The list goes on and on. Right. Now... When you look at, at me and, and what I've done as far as health and safety goes in combat sports, I spend a ton of money to make sure that these guys are as safe as you could possibly be in a combat sport. And uh, so from 2001 to 2023, there's been no deaths or serious injuries in the UFC. Okay. Boxing, 2001 to 2023, there's been 34 deaths. Okay, so you're talking about the the wrong sport and the wrong guy when you talk, you know, and and, and when you look at the attacks that have happened over the last three weeks on Power Slap, they're they're not attacking them. They're attacking me. Of course. This is all me. They're attacking me. And, uh, you know, this thing is wait and see what I do with this thing in the next four weeks. Power slap. It's on TBS. I'm going to give them the reintro, but I think Wednesday know, nights on TBS. As you said, more importantly, it's all the social media because it's just really quick clips. You mentioned the safety, and I even noticed from the first show that you taped to the the next show that was you know more recent. I'm like, wait, this rule is in. This change. This change. Like the rules are kind of crazy. I'm all freaked out because I don't know how you would slap and not move your feet. Then there was Flinch guy last yeah, week where he's like, 100%. wait, I flinched. Like, <laughs> Yeah, dude, you keep flinching. Right. That's a rule. Exactly. You can't do it. 100%. And what we got to understand, too, is during this show, you're watching the evolution of this thing because the first event we did was in March to test this thing out and try it. Not only did the commission not know what they were doing, neither did we, you know. So as we started to get our, 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 our you know, I'm trying not to swear on this thing. I'm forgetting <laughs> we're on radio here and ESPN. But, you know, as we got our stuff together, you, you see the evolution of it. And Pelagian, this, and, and, and the other great thing about the show is every episode gets better and better. 
Pelagian just got done doing episode seven, just editing episode seven. He said episode seven is the best TV show he's seen in three years. Really? Yeah. So the, the, it's good content. It really works on social media, and it's been great on TBS for us, too. Dana White's with us here on ESPN Las Vegas. Damon is with us as well. We'll get into UFC here in a second. The other thing I've told people on the air and off the air is you look happy. Like, you are freaking excited, and I think it's because this is, like, almost going back to the beginning of UFC, and you just sounded like that two minutes ago, you know, pitching the league and fighting back against safety stuff. Like, how excited are you for this new project? Do you think you really have something gigantic here? Steve, you're dead on. I mean, when I look at the media and all the things that are being said, it is exactly what was said about the UFC in the early days. And people can't wrap their head around that now because, uh, you know, the UFC is so big and it's so popular. But, yeah, people were like, this is horrible. This is disgusting. You know, these guys are all, somebody's going to die. And you can hit a guy and jump on top of all the same stuff that, that I heard, you know, 23 years ago. Um, and this is fun for me. and It is exciting. And, again, I say this all the time. To, to the media and to the fans. I always say to these guys, you know what you know about this? What I tell you. That's what right. you know about it. I'm inside, <laughs> and I know exactly what's going on and what really is. And, and, and like I said, when, when the media starts uh, you know, getting negative and saying something isn't going to work, you know you got a winner on your hands. Well, and I remember you always saying that you know once UFC got to a point where guys were making gigantic money, then it's going to get really complicated. And this seems uncomplicated right now. Yeah, exactly. But and and you know what's happened? You know we had to go out and and sort of find these guys that were looked at as the best slappers in the world. And as we brought them in and turned it into a sport, we started to rank these guys during this season of the show. Like 930 people have now reached out to us saying we want to be involved in power slap so i don't know how real these guys so now we're trying to figure out we're actually going to put together like a combine in vegas like we did for this season <laughs> bring awesome. these guys in and find out who's who and what's what i love the training too the the training last right. week i'm Coach like this Wolverine. is nuts this right. is nuts all right tomorrow let's get into john jones is one of my favorite fighters of all time i've been sad to see him away but we got a big fight coming up here in vegas in march yeah, UFC 285, John Jones is finally coming back. That heavyweight division, Cyril Gaon. When it comes to this fight, what do you think this is going to do for John Jones' legacy? And also, Cyril Gaon, you know, if you can knock off John Jones, that's going to be a feather in the cap. That's a legacy-defining fight for both fighters. You just laid it out perfectly. That's exactly what it is. And the thing is with John Jones is, you know, his outside the octagon um, life has, has sort of overshadowed his inside. So people, whether you don't like him or whatever your deal is, you cannot deny that John Jones is the best of all time. He's never actually lost a fight. Uh, the only guy that's ever beat him was Mazzagatti. Uh, you know, and, and that bad call in that fight. He, he dominated that fight. He should have won that fight. He should have an O, uh, you know, in, in the uh, loss column on his record. But if he comes out and he can... Cyril Gaon is actually a better fight th than Francis was, you know. Um, Cyril... Is, is actually the favorite in this fight now. Francis was the underdog in the fight going in with John Jones. Um, so for John, this is a much better legacy fight for him. If he can go in and beat Cyril Gaon, who is a true heavyweight but moves like he's a middleweight, you know, stand up is better. Uh, it's, it's, it's a big fight, like you said, for both guys. But for John Jones, there will be no argument whether you like him or don't like him. 
personally that this guy is the greatest of all time. Now let's take it to UFC 284 that's going to be taking place this weekend in Perth, Australia. When it comes to these global cards, where do you think the UFC is when it comes to the global cards and just making sure every country is represented? We saw it this past weekend with the UFC Fight Night card in Vegas at the Apex. Yeah. I mean, it's you know we, we we did the road to the UFC on that one, which which was fun. You know, we, we're always trying to cultivate new talent and trying to find the absolute best in the world, like we are. What I was just talking about with Slap. You know, we're in the early stages of trying to find the best guys in the world, and um, you know, but more importantly, this weekend, which has never been done the number one pound-for-pound fighter yes. in the world versus the number two pound-for-pound fighter in the world, both world champions, um, you know, in the prime of their career. This is something that you never see in boxing. They can never make yes. these fights, you know? Um, and it's exciting. It's fun. It's going to be a, a great weekend. I know that these both of these guys, Volk Volkanovski, Makachev, who I don't, I'm not asking you to pick who you think, but who do you think has the edge in this fight? Because for me, I'm, a, I'm team Volk because he's a short, stocky guy like me. So, you know, <laughs> hey, short kings. I'm rooting for the short king. Yeah, listen, if you look at Volkanovski's fight IQ, what he's been able to do um, and what he's been able to accomplish in this sport, I, I think the big question is going to be, can Makachev take him down? If, if Volkanovski stuffs that takedown and stays on his feet, we got a very interesting fight on our hands. Again, we're talking to Dana White on ESPN Las Vegas, and I've got to ask you about the ultimate fighter. Connor's coming back. Michael Chandler, what made you think that these two guys would be the perfect combination, more specifically Michael Chandler, to be that guy opposite of Connor? Yeah, well, every time we go into a new season of The Ultimate Fighter, it's all about the coaches. Who are going to be the coaches this season? And it always comes down to timing. A lot of guys already have fights. Matches are already made in different weight classes. Connor was coming back this year. A lot of talk about Chandler and Connor. And, uh, you know, Chandler called him out. And, and you cannot deny how absolutely violent that fight will be. Yep. It's going to be an incredible fight. And obviously, a very exciting. Uh, season of the Ultimate Fighter. It's the first time we've ever been on ESPN, the network, with, with the show. Come yeah. on, let's wrap on this one. Dana White's with us here on Radio Row. How did you get Conor McGregor to come back? He is really rich. Well, like, how do you convince a guy well, that it's worth it? You don't. You don't. You don't get somebody to come back. They either have it and they want it, or they don't. Um, you know, everybody talks that nobody gets paid in, in, in the UFC. Look how long John Jones has been out. John Jones, you got to be pretty rich to sit out for three years. You know, these guys have a lot of money. And once, once you get to that level of money, um, it's no different than, than the sale. You know, when we sold the company, some of the executives took off and, you know, they don't work anymore either. So it's not just in, in fighting, it's, it's, it's in life. You have to have a passion and a desire to continue to fight, and Connor still has it. Power Slap, Wednesdays, TBS, and all over TikTok, all over social media. I'm in. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate <laughs> it. There he is, the president of the UFC and the owner of Power Slap, Dana White, right here on Cofield and Company. Giveaway time. Two tickets. Jimmy Buffett's coming to town, MGM Grand Garden Arena, 364-1100. Caller number seven. You can grab your own tickets at Ticketmaster.com. Two nights of shows, March 4th and March 11th. But right now, Ari's got tickets, 364-1100. Caller seven for Jimmy Buffett in Vegas at the MGM Grand Garden. Cofield and Company, live on Radio Row, is brought to you by Subaru of Las Vegas at the 215 and Rainbow. Cofield and Company presents... Grab Bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. 
Take your hand in there, Dave. Thanks again to the UFC and the Power Slap, Willie. The Power Slap League. I'm a lone wolf on this one. Lone wolf on this one. You know I love it. Backhanded compliment. What do you mean? Slap, backhand. I was just trying to... Oh, know. there you go. I'm getting punchy. Why did you get up so early today? Dude, <clears throat> I, my sleeping rotation is so off. I've been falling asleep so early that I get up. I just wake up. And I can't fall back asleep. So anywhere in the last few days, it's been anywhere from 145 to 2.30, and I can't fall back for the life of me. I just can't. So what am I going to do? I'm not going to lay there and scroll through my phone like a lot of stunad. So I get up and (laughs) go to the gym or I write. But So I've been up. So you were super busy today. Get in the bag. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Aces today? Yeah. Okay. Troublesome. Wait, what? What happened? So it was the introductory press conference with Candace Parker, and of course Becky Hammond was on, Nikki Fargus, Natalie Williams, everybody's hugs and kisses, welcome to Las Vegas, yay, yay, yay. Oh, and then a reporter asked a two-part question, asked Candace Parker uh, about her relationship with Asia, and a follow-up at roughly 12.38, Nikki in regards to the Derek Hamby trade, oh, oh, sorry, Nikki had to jump off the call. She had a twelve thirty call, so she had to leave. But while that was being explained, Nikki was still on the call. Oh no! Her face lit up. She buzzed out. It was twelve thirty nine by the next talker, but she apparently had already logged off for a twelve thirty call. Yes, I am throwing that out there because it was a travesty. I completely assumed with management available and players. That, of course, there was going to be some questions about De'Erica Hamby, and they would have some answers ready to go. There, No, and there was one. And if anybody's listening, you want to see it live? Third tweet down from Ben Pickman. He tweeted it out. <coughs> excuse me, from The Athletic. He tweeted out the actual video, exactly how it was handled. And you can see Nikki's in the, uh, on the top row and her buzz out as the question's asked. So, yeah. Are you shocked? No, not not. I, I I'm surprised that they didn't have a better prepared answer, considering the opening statement by Nikki that was so. We support our players and their families and whatnot. That was the opening, but okay. even even just a even just a I cannot comment legal counsel, but right. no, nothing. It was it was it was a I'm out the day. You know what it was? It was the Homer Simpson disappearing into the bushes. <laughs> I mean, we've been waiting for a couple of weeks now, and not that the, hey, we're dealing with the legal aspect of this is, like, completely acceptable, but, you know, that, that's what I accepted, or I expected it to be. Yeah, go watch and the, then the... And then they screw that up? Go watch the video. Third tweet down on my Yikes. timeline. Uh, I tweet... You'll, you'll see Caroline, Carolina Teague, who's working with you guys down there. I tweet, retweeted something with her. Uh, a story on a golden night, and then the third one, Ben Pickman from The Athletic. Check that out. You can watch the video live as it happened. And one more time, who was on the – who was available? Nikki Fargus, Natalie Williams, Becky Hammond, Candace okay. Parker. Well, and there I, were, there well, was, I don't know why you would ever put 
the new player you're introducing on the same call as management. Well, that's kind of normal, but the, the problem is— Not in is, this case. Well, exactly. They haven't spoken yet. Exactly. There's extenuating circumstances, so you have to expect that that question, and I'm assuming that somebody was told— And, and here's the thing. I am not going to throw the PR guy under the bus because it's not, it's not coming from him, number one. Number two, he's not actually the director of all communication. They have supposedly a strategic person that's supposed to handle that. So they do not have damage control in place with this organization, and this is getting out of hand. And by the way, if there's anyone in the WNBA or with the Aces who's like, I can't believe they're talking about this, we've pointed this out a million times. If you want to be covered as much as the men, then you get covered the same way. Otherwise, it doesn't work. And frankly, it's disrespectful to the WNBA and the Aces if you guys did cover it differently. Yeah. It's, it's, wow. It's not, I mean, it, Again, I've said it time and time again since day one. You know that. It's, it, all it takes is a statement. Mm-hmm. That's it. Or, or you know what? There'll be, no, there'll be no, nothing addressed because of legal matters. It, it prefaced that, but nothing was put out there. So. In but the bag. That, that, oh, sorry, go ahead. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Finish up, sorry. I was just going to say, but, but let's not take away from the fact that one of the greatest players of all time is coming to Las Vegas. She was very gracious. She was fantastic with her answers, even though I think maybe five people got to ask questions and there were 70 plus media members on the zoom. Oh boy. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> I will say that the second that the zoom ended, I got a text message from somebody you and I both adore in this town right. uh, that's on TV. And that person was not happy. Livid. Livid. Yeah. It happens. It happens. Bag. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Willie, I don't think you're celebrating this food day. Mm. Are you? I, I I wish I could. I'm just not in a position to. But it what is. What does that mean? What day is it? What does that mean? It's National Fettuccine Alfredo Day. It's, oh, one, of the, it's one of the wow. richest foods of the uh, yep. Italian family. And, and that's I, what I was worried about. A lot of cream, a lot of chini, a lot of fat. But A lot of fat. <laughs> I Let's lo- clip that. Yeah. I'll send out a bunch of pictures. <laughs> Uh, from me doing interviews, all slumped forward, and we'll just have you going, lot of fat. Yeah. Uh, I do love some good. It's got to be good, though. You cannot just have any national national fettuccine. You cannot just have any fettuccine Alfredo because some people screw it up. So if you do, like, the Noors out of the bag? No. Not recommended? No. There's only a couple places in <laughs> town that do it right. Uh, and you know who makes really good? I'm not just saying this. Who? You know who makes it because he's perfected it because it's his favorite dish. My son. It's one of his specialties. Who, who's? My son makes fettuccine Alfredo. God, you guys can both cook? Really? Come on, dude. Have you seen what he looks like? Can he cook mac and cheese? Yeah. <laughs> That's an old reference. Willie really got really pissed <laughs> off when I was like, wait, you know how to make mac and cheese? Like, come on, brother. Of course. Are you? But here's a question, because you can handle it. Are you going to have fettuccine Alfredo? Um, I don't know. I don't know what's going on tonight. Uh, oh, you're going to have is, some rare food. They have their big Super Bowl media party. Um, I have no idea what's happening there, so. We'll see. I'm sure it's going to be some some snacks and some drinks. I'm going to go home and have steak and shrimp. I might have to go to Denny's for uh, fettuccine Alfredo. Does that work? Yeah, as long as you just turn in all the receipts to Lotus. There you go. Bag. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Uh, last night I had a burger. Mm-hmm. We went to Marley's. Um, I ate half the burger. I thought it was great. And then one of the radio guys walks over from Albuquerque and he's like, "Oh my God, that's not cooked." I, I seen like, it. I was like, okay. I tweeted out a picture, and I got a lot of the same reaction. Uh, my, my question is, Steve, and I I don't know why, but 
The first time I ever seen something like this, I was in Sacramento at a tr- at a minor league game. Uh, I believe the River Cats, but they had burgers on glazed donuts for the bun. At the, my first glance was that this was on a donut. If you look at the top of the yeah, bun, yeah. Yeah. So it looks a little glazed. Yep, yeah, it did look like that. And that was a regular roll, and it had, it had um, some bacon and then some weird blue cheese like sauce, which I didn't expect. I was just thinking it was going to be crumbles. Yeah. Um, I thought it was fine, but I, I like my burgers medium rare. But everyone was like, oh, my God, that's not cooked. That's incredibly rare. And then I also pointed out I'm colorblind, so I can't tell anyway. When I when I ate it, it, it tasted cooked to me, so. Well, and you're on the show I'm today, I'm still, so you, yeah, I was just going to say. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> if, I was, uh, if I was slumped over a pot all, you know, all day, all over the bowl, and by the way, I, my mention earlier of the bathroom and someone clogging up the handicap oh, stall. the rare burger. That was not me. No, it was not the rare burger. No. Quick update. End of the first. This, this is important. Golden Knights 3, Nashville 1. All right. On the road. Maybe some of the woes are solved. They needed Feeling that break. They needed the time off. Dad's trip, too, right? They, Dad's trip. They needed the time off. They were very loose yesterday. They were laughing. They were talking about the Super Bowl pool. Braden McNabb versus Keegan Colasar in the finals. A lot of money at stake. Thanks to the NFL for housing the show today. Thanks to Subaru Las Vegas and Spearmint Rhino. And check for all the interviews all over our Twitter handles at ESPN Las Vegas, at Steve Cofield, and lots of others like at Willie G. Ramirez.